Blog Talk Radio. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do. It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning to all the truth seekers out there. I am super excited about this morning's discussion question. What does excellence in black business look like? We have a couple of esteemed guests, one returning and one new to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We're going to start with our returning heavy hitter out of the Chi-Town, Dwayne Drawn. How you doing, King? Thanks a lot for being back with us again. If you will, say hello to all the truth seekers and give them a little bit of your background in, relevant, in reference to today's show. Thanks again for being with us, King. Hey, hey, what's going on, Montoya? Can you hear me okay? You're coming through loud and clear. No technical difficulties this time. Oh, you, didn't, you didn't bring you didn't bring it with the Chicago weather. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I was about to talk trash. I was like, man, we're going to have some difficulties this morning. And I heard everything went through clearly. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, something wrong, right? Something wrong if it came through clear, right? <laughs> no, that's the universe working. You know, it's all that positive energy. That's the universe working right now. Everything's in place. <laughs> But yeah, if you will, King, yeah, give them a little bit of your background. I, I you know, obviously promoted, you know, kind of some, you, you, you coming to the show again. Again, I'm always glad to have you on the show. But if you will, give people a little bit of your background this morning. Hey, yeah, th- thanks for having me in. Um, I myself and my wife are the owners of a company called Vizx Design Studios. We are outdoor living design management firm. We design um, uh, swimming pools, outdoor hospitalities, um, outdoor kitchens, things like that all over the country. Uh, we're based out of Chicago, Illinois. Um, the start, uh, even how we even got on the show, um, her and I started a, a, a construction, paver patio construction business about 15 years ago. 
in Columbus, Ohio. And as the company grew, we were dealing with a lot of different uh, racial adversities. Like we had to hire uh, pretty much white people to run the sales division uh, to grow the company. And we did grow the company for a little bit over $6 million in sales. And as we were growing, we were noticing there was, we were getting a lot of attacks from, you mean the police departments running in our office, clients treating us as if we were going to rob from them and things like that. So one day I just packed up, shut everything down, moved here to Chicago uh, for a better life. And I have to say it's um, it's been pretty much that. I mean, a little bit of ups and downs, but uh, everything is rolling well now. No, I love it. I love it. And we'll definitely dig into a little bit of, of your story. Again, we've had you on before, and we could definitely, if you, if you, if some of what the way to say it sounds interesting to you, we definitely have had this brother on to talk specifically about uh, what he's been through, and we ended up calling that show, um, in a sense, uh, I think, Business While Black or whatever. You obviously talked about, you know, just the unique opportunity to, in a sense, take advantage of, in a sense, appearing one one way, but actually, you know, actually being the owner. So definitely an interesting show. We also have on Terry Simmons. I'm glad to have this king on. We've been retouching bases over the last couple of months trying to figure out when we would have him on, and this is actually the perfect show to have you on, Terry, in my opinion. But if you will, say hello to the truth seekers out there uh, and give a little bit of your background in reference to this morning's discussion question, what does excellence in black business look like? Thanks again, again for being with us, King. What's going on, brothers? I appreciate it. Right, yeah, appreciate the platform. And, you know, before I get into what we do as an organization and what I do, I just want to say, man, this is this is a an important platform. I was just um, thinking the other morning, I was driving my daughter to school, and I was just thinking about, you know, the difference between, you know, talk radio in the morning in other communities and and what we consume from a mainstream perspective and that's not to not to bash anyone's platform but Mm -hmm. you know a lot Mm -hmm. of what's available to us is 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 just it's comedy you know it's entertainment Mm -hmm. and not a lot of um you know useful information on wealth building on you know living healthier lifestyles building you know healthy families and and obviously you know building solid businesses so you know the beauty of this time and space is that we have other platforms besides mainstream radio. The internet's a powerful tool, and I, I just appreciate what you're doing, man, to bring this information to the people. Thank you, Kay. Appreciate nah, it. Thank you, Kay. But um, my, my organization, uh, T. Simmons and Company, is a is an organizational design, uh, brand development, and workforce development firm. So what that means in, in simple terms is that we help companies to grow by improving their people, their processes, their brand and messaging, um, putting strategic plans in place, um, identifying what their values are, weaving that into their brand development. And then, of course, you know, we do the tactical stuff. We, you know, we build websites, we, we design logos, we do social media content um, development and management. Um, we do customized training. There's an accounting arm of our business. I mean, pretty much anything that, a, that an organization needs to grow uh, we don't do any IT work, but anything that's associated with brand, people, processes, uh, the money side, uh, we do it. And uh, we do it from, you know, with organizations that are, you know, a two-man shop that might be a salon, and we have Fortune 500 companies that are our clients. So so our clients kind of run the gambit. And, and I would say that, you know, 75% of our clients are um, 
are African American, and then in in that group, eighty percent are either female owned or female led. So we've got a you know a really really diverse uh, client base. Hey, I love it. It's a perfect segue. Um, I don't do these shows without having a queen to keep us in check. And this morning, we definitely have an amazing queen, Tamika Peoples. Thank you for helping me guest co-host this show this morning. Thank you, queen, for getting on with us. We have both of our esteemed guests, Dwayne Drun, as well as Terry Simmons, as you heard their backgrounds. So if you will, because you're no slouch of your own, if you will, say hello to both of our guests and give people a little bit of your business acumen and background as well because, you know, I hold you in high regards, Queen, because you're taking on a, a oh. task that, that, that hasn't been done in over 100 years in our, in, in our country. But we'll get into that as we get into this board discussion as well. But thank you for being with us, Queen. Hey, welcome, brothers. Welcome. Thank you for being on the show. So, uh, again, I'm happy to be here as always. Thank you for inviting me, uh, Montoya. I'm Tamika Peoples. I, I wear a lot of hats, but um, – I am founder of People's Foundation, where we do STEM educational outreach and run veteran programs with the, through um, our community, and we're also partnered with several organizations in doing that, Purdue University and uh, some grassroots organizations for some farmer outreach on that end. I'm also a consultant firm owner where we specialize in government contract services, uh, did that and pivoted that work. Um, we did it for easy six, seven years. Uh, we've did a lot of federal IT space communication strategic planning support with AT&T, Global Solutions, uh, uh, Booz Allen Hamilton. These are, of course, stakeholders in the government contracting space, especially when it comes to consulting services. And as a vision of my of my consultant firm, Seed to Shirt, we are embarking on uh, creating a apparel production company that will source its uh, material from African and African-American farmers cotton farmers, excuse me, in order to provide that T-shirt line. So we have international relations in Burkina Faso and Kenya and uh, Uganda, and uh, I'm just happy to be here on this platform and happy to be doing the work that I do. So uh, thank you, gentlemen. Hey, love it, all heavy hitters. And so we're going to go to our initial quick break, if you will, and when we come back from the break, we're going to get into this morning's discussions real hot and heavy. What does excellence in black business look like? Because, again, we have heavy hitters that can speak to this um, beautifully, and maybe we'll open up the phone lines later in the show. But, again, we're going to go to a quick commercial and be right back. You are listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Are you ready to claim your financial freedom to build wealth? Well, join Mental Dialogue and Core Financial for the 2020 Financial Freedom to Wealth Building Unconference, a unique interactive unconference where you select the classes that matter to you all at an affordable price. Bring the entire family as you receive instruction from certified financial professionals in budgeting, credit repair, home buying, and understanding and buying stocks. In addition, your teenagers can take the youth entrepreneurship class taught by an 18-year-old business owner. Secure your entire family's financial freedom and success as you choose two of the classes and participate in the interactive financial Olympics where your entire family will learn about the wealth-building tools of personal finance, investment clubs, and vertical integration in business. The 2020 Financial Freedom to Wealth Building Unconference takes place February the 22nd, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Emotep Academy. 667 Fairborn Road, 
Northwest Atlanta, Georgia, child care provided during the event for ages 5 to 11. Get your tickets now at claimyourfreedom2020.eventbrite.com. Again, that's claimyourfreedom2020.eventbrite.com. You said you love business as much as basketball. There's yeah. no way that's true. It's a hundred percent true. You, there's no way you love. I mean, basketball was your life, you, your passion, everything. You, you're telling me you love doing business as much. If you could, you know, basically snap a finger and be 25 year old Kobe or the Kobe today, you wouldn't go back and, and keep playing basketball. No, because I've already done it. See, here's the thing: when when I was playing, and you know, teammates would say, "Oh, Kobe's not out on the road." What is he doing? You see me on a plane. He's reading. What is he reading? He's writing. What is he writing? Mm -hmm. I'm practicing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm writing. I'm practicing. I'm understanding how to tell stories. I'm reading Joseph Campbell and how to create arcs, compelling arcs and plots. I'm reading that stuff. So this is going back 15 years, right? So I don't just retire right there basketball and luck into winning an Oscar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That stuff comes from hard work and from studying for 15 years how to write and how to organize structure right and you can't do that without having a serious love or commitment to the craft welcome back to the bits of dialogue talk show i have your host Matoya smith aka black socrates this morning's discussion question what does excellence in black business look like? My special guest co-host, Tamika Peoples. We are hosting Dwayne Drudd and Terry Simmons as we hear an amazing cut, uh, you know, unfortunately, the unfortunate, um, surprising loss of Kobe Bryant um, just a week ago as we hear him talk about his love for going into business, and I thought it was only appropriate if we're going to talk excellence. And we look, we think of, when we think of a Kobe Bryant, we think of him as the epitome of excellence and, excellence and hard work. So we will, in a sense, play cuts throughout this show from a Kobe, and it may give us some points to add to what black excellence looks like in what excellence looks like in, in in black business, and we'll start again with you, Dwayne, if you will. I'll just kind of let you answer that question just in general, as I like to always kind of probe my guests when you first hear the discussion question, kind of what was the first thing that came to mind, and, and what does that look like to you in your mind? So we'll start with you and go to Terry and Tamika, your closes out on that question, and we'll get deeper as we go. Go ahead, Dwayne. Thank you. You know, Montoya, I still, I'm still thinking about that question on what does black excellence mean? Because I think uh, one of the shows that we had before, I still don't look at my business as a black business. I look at it as a business. And so then you see you add the word excellence. So that's another tongue twister you add to, you mean, what you look at it. I, I think if you're going to call any business excellence, you're looking at the excellent factors that make it excellent. I mean, are you striving to have your clients understand your why, who you are? Why are you in business? I mean, have you sat down as a business owner and really, really wrote down what is my service, what am I doing, and how am I taking care of my clients? I mean, to the best of our ability, do you have a sales program that's zeroing in on picking your exact clients and not – just hoping somebody signs a contract so you can 
close the deal and make some money. But when those people actually sign the contract with you, they're salivating on doing business with you. So to add black excellence, I don't, I guess I don't understand that, but I, I get what the question is, but I see business as business, not a color barrier business. Now, once the business is rolling off the ground, doing well, reaching out to the community, teaching others of our kind, of our light, hiring some people and bringing them in can be an excellent factor to create black excellence. But like I said, I still see it just on the business side. And I'll pass that over. Fair enough. No, absolutely fair enough. Terry, uh, your thoughts on what does excellence in black business look like? Go ahead, King. I think my answer is probably going to be the most boring answer <laughs> that, that any <laughs> okay. of the guests will give. Um, and and to those out there that can hear the sound of my voice, um, I, I'm I'm saying this from from the core of my being. I mean, I, I can't I can't stress uh, what I'm about to say enough because I'm I'm behind the scenes with entrepreneurs as they attempt to to build companies. So I see where the inherent weaknesses are particularly in our communities. And it's, it's, it's really simple. We do not know collectively how to build infrastructure. We do not know how to build business infrastructure. We do not know how to build uh, small business capacity. And when we talk about small businesses uh, and, you know, I know both guests can weigh in on this, you know, based on what I've heard about their background is that like small business as we characterize it in our communities and what that really means from a global standpoint, it's two different things. Um, I think the government allows you to have up to, depending on your industry, 200 employees uh, right at 40 million in, in annual sales and still be considered a small business. And that, that definition mm-hmm. may shift, like I said, if, you, if you're in manufacturing versus retail, but just for the sake of this conversation, those are kind of um, you know, some, some, some metrics that we can discuss. And, and so when, when we talk about small business in our communities, that's not the space that we're talking about. We're usually talking about solopreneurship, and that's essentially job ownership, which is nothing wrong with that. It can be a powerful tool for, um, you know, generating income. That can be a powerful tool for having creative autonomy and kind of controlling your own destiny, you know, not being bound to, a cubicle all day. And I get that, that those are all great things that are great benefits that come with, with entrepreneurship if you're successful. But if we're going to talk about building companies that have, you know, social capital, political leverage that have buying power, that have the ability to employ people in our communities that have the ability to hire uh, minority subcontractors that have the capacity to go after government contracts to, uh, acquire real estate, all of that stuff that we're talking about, um, then that requires infrastructure. And, and so that you that usually has very little to do with the product or service. You know, so so you know, if if you're an amazing pastry chef, great. But you know, the pastries that are getting mass distribution don't really taste that good. You know, and so and so we kind of gotta get out of the creative space. Um, where we focus on the self-expression piece of it primarily, that's important. You got to be passionate about your product. You got to be good at what you do. You have to have some integrity in how you do it. That's all a given. But what we got to start having more conversations about and, and, act, and actually following influencers that know how to do it is infrastructure and building capacity. Like we're drawn to people that can 
you know, generate a following online. Um, that may be leveraging celebrity, which is that's a whole show in and of itself, because a lot of times we're trying to model um, people that have built successful companies, but they haven't built successful companies from the ground up. They are leveraging their celebrity as an athlete or as an entertainer. And, you know, maybe they white label something, put their name on it, you know, and it, it explodes and they're not touching the manufacturing side of it. They're not handling sales. They're not managing. No, it makes sense. Let me jump in real quick because I'll let you know just. Heads up, you're stealing my thunder because I was going to play that cut where you said all this <laughs> one time on your on, 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 face, on Facebook. But I think what I'm gathering ultimately just in the sense of answering the question, um, for you, infrastructure is a major part of what excellence in business looks like, if, I, if, if I'm hearing that. I'm, I may cut the cut short because you really you, you eating it up right now, which is fine with me, brother. I do not mind. But if, if you will, I'm good. The queen's thoughts are here. Tamika, if you will, just again, your response to what does excellence and, uh, again, focused on our community in black business looks like uh, with full respect to what Dwayne had, um, I'm sorry, Dwayne had to say in reference to how he sees business. And I definitely respect that viewpoint as well. But if you will, queen, what does it look like to you? You know, um, I actually have to say thank you to my brother. They're actually hitting on very key points. You know, business and then the demographics that make up your business, two separate things. Business is business. And in business, you have to have structure. You have to have insight. You have to have systems of systems that can help you grow. You have to actually build relationships, and those are, uh, you know, very integral to the part of how you're going to grow. Strategic partnerships are, are huge in your business growth. And discipline, discipline and systems and structure will help you get to excellence because you're essentially competing on an enterprise level when you talk about business, right? Uh, Pepsi and Coca-Cola, you know, who knew they were owned by the same company, but we think that they're different businesses, right, and that they're different infrastructures. No, they have systems, and they, they operate with discipline, and then they understand their, their market they target it and they reach their goals, right? So I, I think it's when I when I hear my, uh, the first brother who spoke said, "Hey, listen, it's not about black businesses; it's about business." That is very true, right? We have to. I think um, some of the things that I I see good businesses and good entrepreneurs do is that they really delve into the idea that this is more than just them. They're not going to be the ones that run this. They're going to have a team. They're going to build that team. And if they walk away or pass on, their business lives beyond them. That's what great business infrastructure does for you and systems mm-hmm. and enterprise thinking, right? And so uh, they, they, we, are, we are all right, right? Yes, you're going to mm-hmm. you know, be able to compete if you have different shred outs and, and you know, be able to concentrate maybe on government set-asides, which is great, right? But if you don't have a system and infrastructure behind that, you're not going to be in that game for long. There's going to be a button seat, right? So um, I I really appreciate the idea of, of excellence being about discipline and setting up structure and infrastructure so that you can grow and compete in the UCC game, which is what business is. Hey, love it. Again, I'm not calling out heavy hitters for no reason because I think clearly when we, again, as we say, if we're going to use the term excellence, and as Dwayne said, hey, that term could mean a lot. 
Um, but in reference to this morning's discussion, I'm not surprised to hear each of you, in a sense, focused on what I'll say is, in my opinion, a very different conversation a lot of times when I'm having these discussions at the grassroots level. If you, know, if you understand my organization, we definitely consider ourselves a grassroots organization as we test the people with a monthly event. And, you know, we definitely encourage all walks of life to rub elbows with us every Saturday to to advance a lot of these discussions. And, again, Terry, thank you for, for in a sense, the big ups in, in reference to what we're trying to do with this platform, if you will. Um, so a couple of places I want to start. I don't want to do it, stay here too long so we can kind of keep these quick. we got a break in about five minutes, so we'll get quick responses. And, and I say start here just in the sense of when I thought of this question, uh, for the most part, again, when I'm having these conversations, some, I'll say again, somewhat on the grassroots levels, a lot of the things y'all said I don't hear quite often because the context that we, in my opinion, seem to be rock, uh, operating in, and Tara, I think you alluded to a little bit, is that our perspective, um, in, a, in a sense, as a collective, can somewhat be lacking, as you kind of alluded to again, Terry, and and what I see, and I just wanted to hear y'all responses to it. And again, Terry, you were matter of fact, I'll start with you because you were going there. But again, if we can keep them quick, so a concept that I have is that what I see is that we are great technicians, but not great business people. And again, Terry, I think that's where you were going when I kind of jumped in. So if you can give a quick response to that concept, again, this is me as a as a philosopher, having my own business, solo entrepreneur, if you will, not, you know, not having done what y'all are talking about, but I see a lot of that in our community. Quick thought on that, Terry, if you will. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good analogy. And it, it has nothing to do with our um, capacity to understand it. Right, it, it doesn't have anything to do with our competency. It's a cultural thing that we have to resolve. Meaning, we have to we have to shift the culture around entrepreneurship in our communities in order to shift the conversation and shift the focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the percentages of our businesses that actually even get sold or that are passed down to our kids, it's minuscule in comparison. And I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. most of the you know guests on will, will tell you that. Like, it's just cash in and cash out while you're running it, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're just trying to build equity, and at some point, you know, you, you're trying to leverage that and either sell it or take on a partner or whatever you're going to do. Um, but but we never get that opportunity because we don't start with that end game in mind. No, great. Do you want any thoughts on great, te- great technicians but not necessarily great business people from collectively to a certain extent? Any thoughts on that? Um, yes, yes. Uh, that's, I have to say that I'm going to call that 100 um, percent our issues in the community that we have with our black businesses. And one of the key things that I learned this summer, and it's a word that I cannot get out of my head, is uh, proximity. And whoever you want to be, who are you want to become, you have to be around those people. And it has to be a part of your environment so you can become it. I mean, it's part of my landscaping. There's no way in the world. I can take a plant that grows in hey, just where you guys are in Atlanta, Georgia, and try to bring it up here and, and plant it out here in Chicago. And we get, I mean, I think we're about 35 degrees a day, uh, wind chill factor, probably down the neg- probably down to 15. I mean, it's not going to grow. Don't make me cold uh, so, on the show, brother. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> and that's actually a warm stuff for us. We're enjoying it. And so what the, the issue that we're having is, is that our communities are not, 
based upon that proximity. I mean, this is one of the things that I get upset a lot about. We're still, and I I hope this doesn't hurt feelings, but we're still looking at tennis shoes and buying tennis shoes. We're still jumping and chasing the latest TV star at a TV show. We're standing in lines. We're, we're, We're the last Tyler Perry movie that went out. Everybody's talking about that movie day in, day out, deciphering every little piece of that movie, but nobody's talking about the business. Nobody's changing. The barbershop concept, um, as much as I love my barbers, they do a great job. That, that's, it's a horrible business model, and it's not gaining any power or anything. It's just a barber who owns a barbershop, cutting hair and making money, and then charging people to do work and then to, for their little spot and barely paying the rent and getting things done. There's just really no business mindset in our communities. I mean, we could, I, I don't know where to go from there, but that's really a big issue that we have. All right, Tamika, any thoughts on what mm. both our guests have had to say in reference to, again, the observation, great technician, not great business people. Any thoughts, please? Right. You know, and, and I, I agree with you, and I think, unfortunately, it's because of the years of cultivating this concept of uh, go to school, go to work, get a good job, and get paid, Right. If you want to break away from that, get a job, start something that you like, and get paid, right? No one's really teaching, right, the Proximity Principle, which is a great book. We should all read it, or uh, Traction, Building Really Good Success in Your Business. No one's really teaching models of what a good business is, really is. A business is something that is like a machine. You build it so that it can execute all of the execute, let's say, your market space. Without you, what what kind of people are you hiring? What kind of advisors do you have? Are you immersing yourself in the knowledge of growing and structure? Are, so these kind of things just don't come naturally to us because sometimes, sometimes it's about I'm taking this passion, right, and I'm going to make something out of it without learning the, the true tools and resources you need to really kind of carve out your niche in this space, right? Like, I'm, for instance, I'm going to tell a story. Right? I met this gentleman. He has a small hemp company, and he can't. He's figuring out how to kind of fact, move let me in do this. Space, let me do this. Already... Tamika, let me do this to make it real quick. Sorry, I want to make sure we get that full story out. So what we're going to do is I'm going to play because I'm pretty sure it's going to lead into some of what we're hearing. As I was mentioning, I had this, this cut I want to play um, by Terry. So I'm going to play this cut by our guest Terry Simmons, and I'm going to let you come out with the story and respond to this cut. I think you may have heard it before because I've used it on the show before, but if we will, let me just go to that break and we'll come come out of the break with your story. How about that, please? That looks great. All right. Sounds good. So, again, this not want to spend too long on problems. Let's talk solutions for this rest of the show if we can. All right. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Well, all I ask is what you think. Is that you think. What does excellence in black business look like? We'll be right back. I post a lot of videos about the harsh realities of entrepreneurship. And it's not because I'm trying to kill a dream, it's because I'm trying to give birth to a dream. I'm trying to protect the dream, I'm trying to share information with people that can increase the likelihood that they'll be successful. So many people are jumping into entrepreneurship for one reason, one reason only. They're dissatisfied with their career, um, they have a talent or a gift or a serious hobby that they are passion, that they want to turn into a business. And the focus is always on the front end of the business. So everybody wants to focus on how do I I get social media followers? 
How do I build a personal brand? How do I build my company's brand? How do I generate leads? How do I close sales? How do I get contracts? But the truth of the matter is, none of that stuff will work until you learn how to build capacity. So when we start having conversations about capacity and infrastructure, eh, there are not many conferences that are touching on that. You know why? Because most people that are influencers just want to get you emotionally aroused and they don't want to really give you the meat and potatoes of what's going to really make you successful. The bottom line, I'm going to use an analogy. It would be like saying, I want to be a race car driver, but all you focus on is the design, um, the contour, and the graphics on the outside of the vehicle. You don't focus at all on the engine and the capacity for the engine to generate speed and power. That's what it's like when we don't pay attention to the back end of our businesses. So some of my videos, I already know the ones that are going to get a lot of traction and the ones that may get limited visibility, but I put the ones out that I know that are going to get limited visibility because that's the most important information. The bottom line is you got to build infrastructure. You have to have systems. You have to have processes. You have to have an ability to attract and retain talent, to develop talent. That's where businesses are made. So... Let's just say if you're, you're a pastry chef and you, you put together these amazing designs and, you know, your, your desserts and your cakes, uh, they taste delectable and everybody loves it. But you can only pump out five cakes a week because it's just you and you don't have a, you don't, there are no, there are no written recipes, there are no written processes. So you can't bring in someone that doesn't have your natural gift or that doesn't have your level of training or education and have them duplicate it. Then you will always own a job. You will always put out five to seven cakes a week. Meanwhile, someone that learns about co-packing and manufacturing and distribution and builds a sales team and has a recall plan and all of the stuff that knows about preservatives and all this other stuff, they're going to go on to make millions and millions of dollars and their cakes may taste like shit just because they have the capacity. So understand, like when I post these videos about, you know, don't, a lot of these coaches and influencers are telling you it's all about passion, it's all about working hard, it's all about followers, that stuff is important, but it's not more important than infrastructure and capacity. Infrastructure, capacity, infrastructure, capacity, systems, standard, standard operating procedures, processes, uh, leveraging technology, that's what's going to get you to seven figures. Love y'all, hope this was useful, go make it. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, along with co-host Tanika Peoples. What does excellence in black business look like? As you heard an amazing cut from our special guest, Terry Simmons. We also have guest Dwayne Drone on with us as well. Tanika, you were talking before the break as you just heard that full cut. Definitely go into your story and respond again to, to some of where Terry's taking us. Again, it sounds, this sounds like excellence to me. Again, I agree with all of you. Conversations I'm not hearing. I'm guilty of being the passionate solo entrepreneur myself. So I'm definitely loving, in a sense, learning at the feet of all of you. Go ahead, to me. No, I think we all, you know, I think we all start out there. And of course, you know, the, the point is to start somewhere, uh, but to learn how to grow into a business that can really survive, uh, especially in a landscape where the competition is steep. You know, everybody, one is kind of starting a business, right? Uh, but 99% of African-American business owners are one employee. So that means they're employing themselves. 
uh, and when working with several of my friends and partners who are, you know, in the in the hemp space and starting an enterprise in that uh, division, they they really kind of ran into those same things, where they were just a you know a farm and an operation of one, and now they're putting together an enterprise and partnership and building capacity within their businesses, and now you know they're a collective looking to re- and, and getting funding for a, a over tune of ten million dollars, right? So. I think it's really important, um, like Terry says, you have to you have to understand, you know, building processes, building infrastructure, and, and then thinking about scaling and growth in that way. And if you're not, then you're just looking to employ yourself for the rest of your life. Absolutely, Duane. This is your first time hearing that cut. Any thoughts from you as you as you hear Terry kind of break down what the focus needs to be in order to be a successful or excellent business, if you will? Go ahead, Kate. It was beautiful. <laughs> like, like uh, that was the answer. It, like, the question that we're even asking today, that's the answer. And like, uh, like I said in the beginning, that's the answer to business, not just black business. What systems are you putting down? What standard operating procedures do you have? What infrastructure are you building? That's business. No, absolutely. That's business. No, that's absolutely. Let me say something that has always stuck with me on one of your prior visits to our show, and I definitely want to, in a sense, hear your thoughts because, again, this is something that you said a while back. It stuck with me, and, again, you know, hear all of your thoughts on this. But in reference to all of you kind of agreeing, here's where the focus needs to be, and, and pretty much uniformly saying that, for the most part, a lot of our community is not focused on where it needs to be. Um, there's something you said, Dwayne, on or again one of our particular visits to the show, where you mentioned that in reference to, in a sense, how long our community, if you will, has had access to the free market in the manner that we now have currently. Um, and, and you mentioned this on a previous show where you said the reality is for collectively our community hasn't had access to the market in the way that we do now for a very long time. So you even mentioned at that time, uh, as much as we would like to see this focus or as much as we're going to harp on the fact that we need to focus on these things, you also mentioned at the time that in reality, as really the first generation to really be able to do it to this degree, we have to be somewhat patient from the standpoint of a lot of the businesses that we look up to in this country have been at it for one a lot longer, and the realities with a whole lot of advantages that were deprived of our ancestors to, in a sense, be in this in this space. So we don't have that human capital or, or history, and so that plays. At least that's how I took what you were, you know, when you gave us when you said be patient considering we are, in a sense, you were saying you were the first generation to be able to do what you've been able to scale and do with your business. That's something you had said on the show in the in the past. And so I just want to kind of bring it to the table, and it's not to necessarily excuse us, and I, and I know you didn't mean it that way. You're not a, an excuse pay, person, if you will. But at the same time, uh, I think to make this shift, it's almost like we have to realize that and realizing that 
in my opinion, will be the opportunity for us to realize how important it is to make the shift. It's almost like if we don't recognize it, we will continue to kind of run on the um, hamster wheel, if you will, without thinking it's time to break that hamster wheel and get on another one, if you will. But that's kind of how I see you bringing that thought to the table in the past. Um, And if you will, kind of expound on it in your perspective, again, as a current successful businessman. Go ahead, Kate. How do you want that uh, answered? Um, like you just you, you brought it up, but I, I didn't really hear the question on how. I got I you. I got you. Yeah, one. the question is just simply, um, you you were the one that brought that to the table to be patient, and I thought that was very fair. And I'm just saying, how do you see that currently? I I, I just kind of took that and say, hey, let's realize this, and I'm saying hopefully with a show like this we can kind of agree to make the shift. Because I, I guess all I'm saying is it's not a, to a certain extent, because our community has done that, I don't think it's as simple as saying, hey, go do that. I just think we have to recognize some of uh, of the history, too, in order to make the shift. I hope I'm making sense with that. Go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. I get it now. Here's what happens. And uh, I'll go back to sort of the beginning of it. This year, I have to say last year, 2019, was one of the best years of my life, not my business life, uh, even though the business did very well, but it was one of the best years of my life because in a sense, I woke up. Like I was lost, I was sleeping, I woke up. And I'll give a quick little story. It's a very quick story, and it'll flow right into exactly what we're talking about. Um, A deer, when he's grazing in the, 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 the forest, he's in what you call homeostasis. And the moment that the deer feels like he's in, he's um, under attack or there's some something about to go get him, um, he goes in what you call fight or flight. And in his fight or flight stance, um, his eyesight, this is all genetics made by God, for, and we all have it. The fight or flight, his eyes he become very keen. His bowels completely close up. He can't use the restroom. His muscles start moving faster, better. Um, his brain starts, his heartbeat starts pumping stronger. He makes better decisions. He can move fast and elevate himself and speed and jump and turn and and do whatever it takes to get himself in a safe position. And then once he understands he's in a safe position, his mind goes back into homeostasis. Okay, let's flow that story onto what we're dealing with now. The the issue that we're having as humans, we all can go into fight or flight, and we don't get out of it. And so I, I, I still think one of the issues that we have, and this is something I even saw myself, even all those years in business, um, a lot of it was made in a fight or flight stance. Mm-hmm. And so how do you put a proper system in place? How do you put standard SOPs together? How do you look at a business correctly when you are in a fight or flight state? And that's one of the things to add to what we were saying about our black businesses. A lot of our black people in general, are in a fight-or-flight state mentality where they don't even understand. They're not even allowing themselves to free their mind, to be free, to think better, and just woo-saw and take a break and then start looking at creating and writing down and putting these systems in place. A lot of times these businesses, and I know myself, there was a couple times, there was some years that I was in business that I probably should have never been in business. It was just, I just got to get this money so I can pay these bills and keep this stuff going. And then you're looking around, everybody's going to think I'm failing, I'm falling, I'm not doing so well. And so you work harder and harder and harder and nothing ever works because you're in that wrong uh, mindset. I think that's where a lot of our community is. They're still stuck in a fight or flight. And it's not till we, we slow down and get into a homeostasis 
um, statement, we can start putting these SOPs together and we can start speeding up and catching up. I hope that answers your question. But that's my mind. No, it absolutely does. I, I, yeah, it absolutely does because I, I think that's a great analogy. And I think it just has to be a part of this conversation just from the standpoint of if we go two hours saying you need to do this without considering that. I I think the message gets lost, if you will. So I think it's definitely, in my opinion, a necessary part of this conversation if we're going to be fair in the sense that we say we need to have these conversations. Well, I think that's part of having these conversations the way that we should have. Um, Terry, i got about a minute before I go to break. You want to give us a quick thought, and we can finish your um, thought. Um, coming out, out of yeah, the break, a, couple, a, ahead, a, a few thoughts in no particular order of importance. First of all, yeah, just give me a give me the first well, one, and then we'll jump to the other ones afterwards. Okay, go ahead. Well, well, you made it. You said, well, you said, well, I'm a solopreneur, so maybe I'm guilty of it. But I, without being uh, immersed in your organization, I can tell that you're reinvesting in your business. It may not be that you have, you know, 15 employees. It may be technology. It may be subcontractors. It may be traveling to learn more about mm-hmm. the space that you're in. So all of that is progressive in the sense of what we're talking about right now. But I think that there, there's one behavioral thing that we can do to address this segment of the conversation, and that is we have to be willing to sacrifice for an entire generation in order to build what we're discussing. So, that, so let me, yes. what that means in very simple yes. terms is that, is that we might need to invest in a cloud-based server instead of a Denali. We might need to, mm-hmm. you know, hire that executive assistant or the virtual assistant or invest in that customer relationship management system as opposed to buying our kids the J's and, and the video games for Christmas. Right. Like that, that's the part that we can control. We can't control the systemic part of it in real time. Oh. That's going to take a generation to, to shift. So access to capital, uh, majority to minority contracts, those are all real issues. You know, issues that are facing women in terms of, you know, income inequality, and that happens in business as well. I get it. So we're not beating up on our community. What we are saying is, what can we control? And I know I have clients that will pull up, and I'll offer them a really modest retainer because maybe I believe in what they're doing, and they'll say they can't make that investment to, to really grow their company, but you rolled up in the bend. And right. I love it. And you take That's food. so key. Let's go to this break, if you will, Terry, because we got to build mm-hmm. on that part. What you're saying now is the key. If we're serious about moving the needle and generational entrepreneurship, let's go to this break. I got a caller that wants to get in, but we're going to continue this part of the conversation. Great point, Terry. Listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere. 
had to tone down your competitiveness and your approach in the new work environment? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the, more than a little bit. Yeah. No, it, well, it, like I said, basketball is different because it's such a direct competition. Um, and what we do now, there isn't. The, mm-hmm. the competitiveness that I um, bring to work every day is really helping people, in a sense, be competitive with themselves, right? If you're, if you're animating something or... or um, you're writing a screenplay or you're composing a piece of music, is that the best you can do? Right? Don't ask me. Don't say, okay, do you approve? Don't ask me. I'm not the musician. I'm not the composer. You know. Mm-hmm. Right? So the competitiveness is more from an individual perspective. Are you, is this the best you can do? And uh, if the answer is yes, then off we go. Listen, I'm- Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith a.k.a. Black Soccer Tees, with special guest co-host Tamika Peoples. What does excellence in black business look like? Our special guest, Dwayne Drawn, as well as Terry Simmons. Terry, uh, you were definitely, you said you had a couple of other points. If I could just highlight, in a sense, if we care about the collective, the step back that you just spoke about is going to be the necessary step, or we will stay on the hamster wheel, as I'm saying of where we are continuing to stay in fight or flight and never stepping back to build and do the things that you're talking about, that it's owning that level of sacrifice. I would offer that it is owed to the next generation just because of what our ancestors have done to even get us to this space, if you're going to talk about it, you know, from this country standpoint. But it's that concept is, the, in my opinion, the first and necessary step of, of, of where we're understanding it, and without that understanding, we will get left behind in the global economy, in my opinion. Go ahead. Finish your thoughts, King. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you button it up better than I can. Um, you know, like, we know the, the kitchen table conversations that we have and all the front porch conversations that we'll have about people of other, you know, races, ethnicities, uh, whether we're talking about, and, and those that quite honestly occupy our communities from a merchant standpoint you know be it be it asians middle easterns europeans whatever and we'll talk a lot about maybe systemic um benefits that they have access to that maybe we feel like we don't um that i guess could be up for debate i i've never delved enough into it to know if that's a real thing but uh you know you hear it and but the one thing that we don't talk about is the the behavioral and cultural norms in their communities that enable them to do what they're doing. They find the space, they pool their resources, they practice they practice cooperative economics, but the the most compelling thing that they do is they practice self-deprivation and they practice uh delayed gratification. And that is something that quite honestly is virtually non-existent in our community. So We'll say, I've got this great idea. I can't find anybody to invest in it, but we got a 3,200-square-foot house. We got a Denali in the bins on the driveway. The kids are in private schools. We're taking two or three vacations a year. Everybody fresh, head to toe. We in line to get the Jays when they come out. The kids got all the latest video games. 
we, you may not be able to do both in one generation. Like you may not be able to have that type of extravagant lifestyle and make the strategic hire or have the bonding capacity that you need in order to get the government contract. I mean, I have to practice it every day. I'll give you an example. You know, my company is, I don't, I don't run a robust company. I've got a team of 11, you know, but it's a very diverse team, but I take pride in the fact that we've got a brick and mortar space. So we, so we actually are a resident, a merchant resident in the community. We're creating jobs. I'm able to sponsor teams during the summer. I'm passionate about sports, you know, so I'm able to take groups of kids all over the country and, you know, not charge them what it's really worth. Right. Um, but, mm-hmm. but that could easily, I mean, that's, that's, you know, 30 grand a summer that I could put into something for per, more personal gratification. Now, don't get me wrong. I absolutely enjoy it. The relationships I build, the memories I build, you, I, I could pay for that. But, but, but the point is that I could take those 30 racks and put it into something that would be a little bit more selfish, but that's not a legacy play. That's not a community building play. That's not a people building play. And I just think a lot of times we, we're so eager to show that we got it. And because our community doesn't view things through the lens of equity, it, the temptation is, well, you know what? I'm just going to pander to them and I'm going to have the, the iconic things, the cars, the clothes, the homes, the jewelry, and so forth, you know, to show that I've actually arrived. But then, you know, I don't have, a, a, you know, a, a robust engine under this business hood. So it's all it's all you know custom paint sure. and nice rims on the outside. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> nah, strong thoughts. Let me let me get Brother Pianchi who's on the line. For anybody out there listening, if you have in, a question for any of our esteemed guests, let me give y'all the number to get in. I got Brother Pianchi wanting to get in. Um, the number is six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, that number six four six. Seven eight seven one six nine one. You will have to press one to let us know you want to speak. Brother Piaki out of St. Louis. Thanks again for always being our Antonio. number one caller. Key. Yeah, go ahead, King. What's How you, you doing boy? today? Doing great. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, you coming through clear, brother? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think your question would have been better suited if it would have said, "What does a excellent black-owned business look like?" rather than black business because like you hear one gentleman that if you just catering to black people it's it's almost impossible and depends on the businesses that you're in you know the business that i was in was a structural steel erection and i did no projects that was for a black owned entity but what would that look like if it was excellent and you have two there in atlanta uh, cr russell and uh, Mooney, that is excellence in a black-owned business, and you look at the projects they've done. How do you create those? Well, if you're going to do a business, you have to learn, know the business, and you uh, know it by learning through decades of experience. You know, myself being in structural steel erection, where I put up office buildings, bridges, assembly plants, Ford and Chrysler, uh, Anheuser-Busch, I had to do that for a number of years in order to learn it. Then you have to have that skilled labor force. Uh, We call them bridgemen in our organization. 
I never had to advertise because we had a reputation that preceded us. Uh, people would question, bring questions to us. I mean, that's just the way you don't put advertising in yellow book, yellow pages when you're in this type of business. Mm-hmm. And you have to have a reputation of doing things on time, under cost, in order to avoid liquidated damages. You have to work safe, have low incidence of accidents. You got to be to raise capital. And also sometimes turn down capital because all capital is not good. So there's a lot of things that go along. You know, in St. Louis, I think I've done about. And you also have to look at your niche market. In St. Louis area, I think I've done about 11 new public schools uh, between uh, three uh, districts. St. Louis district, I went out in Parkway and another one. And like I said, I used to love to do office buildings. You know what it is, 10-story, 15, 20-story office buildings. So that's that's what I would say that needs to be done. I never I had yet you need to have a good accountant and a good insurance person. I never needed bonding because uh, our contract is under retainage. You have to have a good insurance person and good accountant that knows the industry. You can't bring somebody who's working in just general business into specialized fields because uh, they just don't work too very, very well. And like I said, you have to have the experienced workforce. <clears throat> I used to have at least 50 iron workers working all year long. You have to have the money to back your payroll and also to pay those taxes. Now, most businesses, when they start off, they may have to pay their withholding taxes once every six months, once every month. But when you start getting into the big payrolls, you got to pay those withholding taxes to the IRS. If your payroll come out on a Thursday, you got to have those taxes in by the following Wednesday. And then if you really have a big payroll, you got to have the taxes in the next day. So, uh, in the experience, my crew to put up a building, you know, five iron workers, the man on the crane and the oiler, we equate to about 170 years, 150 years of experience. And, uh, I mean, it's just what you just had to have. So I'm just saying that because there's other areas of big-time business that you don't see many or hardly any at all African-Americans, and they need to be there. Uh, the next thing that I want to work on is 200 to 400 megawatt power generating plants, ammonia plants, seaports, the extraction and processing of rare earth materials. That's big money. And, you know, we need to see more blacks in those areas, but it's going to take time, a long time. I love the thoughts. Uh, definitely want to explore everything you had to say, Brother Champion, with our guest. Uh, I think you're hitting some key points and you laid out a lot of details. So appreciate you for your thoughts. Uh, again, as always, if you want to get back in, you know how to do that. But thank you for your three cents this morning, King. Sure. All right. So we've got about a minute before break. So I'm going to let you all all kind of respond to a lot of what Brother Pianchi had to say um, coming out of this next break. And what I'll say, and this is what I specifically heard in reference to Brother Pianchi, um calling in, is if we're going to, again, for me, 
I am doing these discussions constantly, or we're doing these discussions constantly with the collective in mind. That is kind of how the discussion yeah, that we do every week. And so in this particular instance, what brother, what I hear brother, brother Pietri focusing on is the idea of getting in these industries, as he said, that we should be in quite often that we're not thinking about. And if we're going to be serious about the collective generating wealth in, in the global economy, then the step back also includes encouraging getting education and experience in these industries where we know money is available to be made. We know that the U.S. has a shortage in, a, in, in engineers in all kind of areas. I know Georgia specifically over the next 10 years is expected to be 70,000 uh, positions short just to all. So there's an opportunity sometimes I'll say on this show STEM, if you will, needs to be our new NFL because there's going to be ready-made opportunities when it comes to, as y'all constantly keep talking about, the term infrastructure. We, the, the country itself, infrastructure is hurting. So this is a booming industry that if we don't think to get educated in, we can never participate in. So a lot of that's a lot of what I heard um, Brother Priyanki uh, referencing, if you will. So I definitely want to get all of your opinions when we come out of break about the idea of how to attack industry and become industry leaders, if you will, and practice excellence in these industries. Uh, we are at the top of the hour. We're going to play a, a, a quick little ode again to the unfortunate loss of Kobe Bryant. This is a song by Taylor Pace called Flowers. Um, it was actually made originally for Nipsey Hussle, but I think it's an appropriate play for today's show considering the unfortunate loss of Kobe Bryant. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, dogs. I mean, it's crazy how it's been like a year since Big Brother died. Yeah, I know. Like, like another black man killed by the police, unarmed. Man, I know. I can't believe they did him like this. Yeah. I never got the chance to make it right with him. That goes into what he always used to say, right? He used to always be like, Appreciate the people that's around you while they're around because you never know. They may not be there, man. Yeah. Hey, what was that handshake you taught us? I'm trying to remember. I think it was. Yeah, man. Yeah.
Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, along with special guest co-host, Tamika Peoples. What does excellence in black business look like? Special guest, Dwayne Drawn and Terry Simmons, if you will. Our guest, brother, guest caller, Brother Fiaki, brought a lot to the table and pretty much laid out how to run an excellent business as he gave us examples of what he had done in the St. Louis area. And for me, it prompted... Uh, the idea of getting into these different areas. So I would offer that excellence as well as, as you say, set up systems and infrastructures for whatever business that we're choosing to go into, I would offer that excellence mm-hmm. also includes culturally moving into these other other industries, but in, at first, in a lot of situations, it's going to require that we go get the education and experience, and I'm not always certain that that is one of those, again, step-back thoughts that we're making culturally. Um, Tamika, I'm going to start with you on, you know, in a sense, with what we're talking about yeah. now, just to hear your thoughts uh, in, in general. Go ahead, Queen. You know, I... I- I'd love to expound on that. You know, one of the things when, we, when, I heard, when I heard us discussing the idea of excellence was that reinvesting in our young adults to be educated in the spaces that we know are going to be key to us moving forward in the global economy, right? So STEM, engineering, math, sciences, uh, and, and even the tech and trade fields that are aligned with those things, which is why, you know, our nonprofit really focuses on that. So if we're, if we're thinking about reinvesting, we need to really be concentrating on those areas and making sure our youth are not only going to ed- education and tech schools and that, but then coming back and plugging into the businesses in our communities so that we can be involved in those industries, right? And then we're really actually hiring our own when we do that because if we do end up building the right infrastructures and, and actually coming together to have SOPs, understanding what industries are next for the future, but if, you know, those who are, are employed in our company don't really look like us because they don't have the skill set necessary, then, again, we're, we're kind of behind the curve. Uh, so I, I think it's important to reinvest in those industries by making sure that we're sponsoring, <laughs> figuring out what STEM camps, what engineering camps, what technical trade schools we can get our kids into, and then aligning our businesses for those new global industry leaders and industry leaders, not just service providers of these industries, right? That's the key. Yeah, I mean, our, our country goes outside of the country to get the best in the world in these fields because Americans are not filling these positions. So they easily, if we if we saturate it and we could and should just with the correct push and, and, and easily take these positions. I'll go ahead, Dwayne. Any thoughts on what we're talking about now in reference to excellence in business? Yeah, I want to hit on that, just that last one you spoke on. I actually have some other stuff to say, but that last one you spoke on, with this new administration, as as foul as this man speaks and the way he talks and looks, he sort of it's, – it's shady, but he sort of closed the borders and said, I'm not allowing anybody else in. So now what happens is everybody else – everybody here has to get to work. Mm-hmm. That's our people. Mm-hmm. That's, that's white people. That's all the people that's here. As shady as it is, as foul as it is, mm-hmm. we need to get to work. And – as a, our operation, it sounds like Terry does the same thing too. Is we do a lot of travel all over the country, and one thing that I do not see is I don't see enough of our businesses, of our people, in any types of industry. I don't care if it's the outdoor living like mine, it, it, even the the necessary industry as setting infrastructures up for business, social media marketing. I never see those groups mm-hmm. of people having business meetings. Now, one of my friends said, you know, we love to look good. 
So maybe when we are traveling on a plane, we got the sweatpants on, and when we get there, we put our suits and ties on. That could be true. You mean so maybe they are out there and they are traveling right along with me, and they're just chameleoning in because hey, they woke up at six o'clock in the morning. I'm not putting a suit on. I'm just gonna put some sweatpants on. And when I get there, when I get to my business meeting, I'm gonna dress up. So I'll put that as our thing. But I don't see us anywhere. We don't penetrate any industry. We don't have any ambitions to go anywhere. Um, this really goes back down to proximity. I watch a few of my family members' children graduate from school, and nobody went to a higher education as a college, and nobody went to a higher job. They went out and found the phone service job where they can collect their 40 hours a week and make their 36, 32 to $36,000 a year, and such and such just got a good job. And now they start having kids, having babies, and now bills start racking up, and that's going to be their life for the rest of their life. So, and the environment accepts that. So this, a lot of this is going to come down to our environment. Do we have our children? Are they in these environments to want to learn more, to do more? And another thing that I learned, too, is if you want to learn something, okay, there's a million books. Like, I, like if, I, if I have some friends who have financial issues in their business, and because I've dealt with that before, and the first thing I ask them now is, how many books did you read in that, in that field to figure that out, to figure out why you're having financial issues? And most of them will say, I didn't read anything. And, and that's one of the problems. We, this, I'm going to go to Terry, but he was talking about, you know, they pull up in the bins, got the big house. You mean you have all these things, but yet everything is still struggling and falling apart around them, trying to floss and show off instead of taking that extra. I mean, just our website, one of the things we had to make this monthly payment, I don't care how much money that we did not make or made, that website got paid. Even if it took money from our food to eat that day, that website got paid. Um, We didn't buy boats. We didn't buy the fancy the fancy cars at the high prices. We were investing in an office space. We were investing in payroll, paying payroll on a weekly basis, biweekly basis. We were investing in all these things. And, and then your people around you, your family, like, man, you don't own the business. You're not doing well. I mean, because you said you're making money. How come you're not showing it? And I'm thinking if you come see the office and you come see what we're paying and everything else we're maintaining and the $50,000 a year we're spending in marketing, yeah, we're building something. And so – But if you're around the right groups of people in your proximity, they will let you know what you were doing is right and not wrong. So, I mean, that's sort of the answer to that. No, and I I love the book reference. If you think about even one of the cuts we heard earlier in the show coming from Kobe, he said it wasn't an accident that he won the award for his book. It wasn't an accident. He 15 years reading on how to write. A plot and how to deliver a child, you know, a ch- build and deliver a, a, a book of that nature. And he wins an Emmy, and everybody highlights, wow, he was a great in basketball, and now he wins an Emmy. He's like, it's 15 years of reading. So, great highlight. Um, Terry, any thoughts on what we're discussing now? Again, to me, all of this is a part of excellence in black business, if you will, the, the concept of breaking into an industry, trying to control an industry. Those are the conversations that I think we're not having that have to be had in order to to meet what Brother Piaki said before the break, the idea of a skilled labor force. Like going to be that 
would be play a role in us having excellent black businesses generationally down the line, in my opinion. Go ahead, Kate. Yeah, uh, my mind is racing right now, Montoya. Um, the, the, the caller gave me chills, and, and, and Tamika and Dwayne have hit, hit the nail right on the head. Um, and let me let me frame what I'm about to say, because I know early in the call, early in the, in the show, uh, I spoke a lot about what we do for, for small businesses. Uh, but when we start having this conversation about non-traditional industries for African-Americans uh, and the barriers to entry that exist in those industries and how, how do we overcome that, like what my organization does for larger companies is very different than what we do for small businesses. And okay. a niche for us is workforce development. Now, when I say workforce development, nice. I don't mean just recruiting and training. I'm talking about workforce development from a systemic standpoint. In Louisiana, wow. we have what's called pipes and pumps industry. That means our economy here in Louisiana is rooted in oil and gas, uh, wildlife and fisheries, chemical manufacturing, uh, healthcare, mm-hmm. um, th- those industries. They're, they're, you know, the rust industry, so to speak. And we also suffer from out-migration. So about 15 years ago, when I was introduced to workforce development as an industry, the push was, well, how do we stop the brain drain? How do we stop our best and brightest, so to speak, from leaving the state with all of the issues mm-hmm. that we had? And so I was, I was typically the only African-American at the table when these discussions were being had. So I was pounding the table saying, we don't need to be focused on who we can bring back. We need to be focused on these communities that are marginalized, where the you know, uh, level of education is lacking, uh, educational outcomes are poor, and we need to be introducing them to STEM industries. Mm-hmm. So, so, we, right. so we've been boots on the ground. We've been boots on the ground in that regard now for, like I said, about 15 years. And the truth of the matter is that, you know, Tamika said something that is, I, if, if there are young people listening or even if their parents listening, do not miss it. There's gold at these community and technical colleges. Now, great if you want to go on to become an engineer or a chemist or you want to go into medical research or whatever, great. But as a stepping stone, the, there, there are advanced training. There are um, you know, two-year degrees where you can come out 18, 24 months making 60, 70, 80, $120,000 in certain industries. I'll give you an example. Here in Louisiana, uh, someone can go and get an associate's degree of applied sciences in process technology and they'll never miss a meal again. And if they want to parlay that into a private business at some point, there are all types of services and products that they can provide to the chemical industry or to the oil and gas industry, uh, you know, the energy uh, industry sectors that could build generational wealth. But most of our kids are interested in entertainment, beauty, um, you know, they, they, they want to do things that are in media, and that's great. Uh, you know, if, if, if that's what you put on earth to do, then do it. But we got to get more young people that are interested in the STEM field because then that will eventually matriculate into them being interested in starting businesses that serve those industries. So the brother, the brother that called in, he laid it out. Like in, in three minutes, he laid out a master class in, in building a company. Like in three it, – it, it, he could, we could, we could cut it. <laughs> like that was it. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just listen to that, right? Just, just listen to that every day and work on everything that Brother Fiocchi laid out. Like that's your plan going forward. I respect it, King. Absolutely. Uh, that's I, I got, he, I, I got the smartest he, he, audience in all the radio. Absolutely. 
he hit that so even he hit it so hard he got quiet after he said it. Like he hit us with it so hard he couldn't say anything else after he said it. Yeah, that's true. He did. Hey, he right. did. Yeah, brother, you can just shut up. He said he said it and then he shut up. God, hey, mic drop. Ain't that what they call that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mic drop. All right. With that said, you know, we're I, gonna I, I wanna, another can break. I, can I add this real fast? Yeah, go ahead. Really, really fast, and I'll say it really fast. This is going to hurt what I'm going to say, but it's true. I, I just believe it to be true. And we're using this is probably the perfect time because we're using Kobe. Like you have, you mean the clip from Kobe? You mean the tribute yesterday? The but if it's the one thing that I got from Kobe out of anything else, and actually Terry just said it, Kobe wanted it. Okay, now how how we could sit? We are sitting here talking on this show. We, not they. Like this is not a, a viral show where all the tools and information of life where Mr. Pianchi can hop on and just, he made me rethink my whole entire life in business. Like I know I'll make another extra million this year just because of what he said, because I want to. Now all these other kids want to do other things. They're not on this show. We posted on Facebook. We posted everywhere else and it's not viral. Like your thing, your, your, your server is not crashing right now for people listening in on this show mm-hmm. and it's really the keys to putting us to another level in life and business. So really everything that we're saying and talking, our being is, is answering the question because we are the ones on this show. And I don't know how many people listening, you have the numbers, but I know it's not 200,000 that's listening and saying, man, I got to change our community and change our life. I know that's not happening just mm-hmm. yet. So, so that's my mm-hmm. thing about it is he wanted to, we want to, Terry wants to, you guys want to build something. Do these people even want it, or they just want to wear some J's and roll around with some with some Fozzies on the whip and look good? I mean, well, what is it? Yeah, and I'll say my goal. <laughs> my goal is to bridge that, right? My my goal is that's the goal with the community club is to bridge it for those of you that not only want it and have the desire, but to be inspiration. Because here's 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 what what you can agree to. This on the way is this. The, the reason that we want to be basketball players and entertainers, we've had that show already, but the reason we want to be that is because that's what's visible to them. That's what's shown to them via TV, if you will, you know, talking about some of our same communities, if you will. And so uh, I, th- I feel like my, our small role for those of us who care about our community in media is as much as I can highlight people like yourselves, because, yeah, it ain't 200000 but I may have the parent who, and I, and I have those real-life testimonies through these type of dialogues where their parents are changing the focus for their children based on conversations that we're having. So, so yeah, right, I, I, I wanted to be 200000 That day is coming. But in the meantime, let's just keep bringing people on board because there are people listening who are learning from what we're doing. And I, I know you know that already, but I just wanted to kind of put that out there as well as I kind of forego the break to, uh, to, the, to bring that up. So let me go to this break, and uh, we'll come out of the break, and we got callers that are trying to get in now. So um, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Are you ready to claim your financial freedom to build wealth? Well, join Mental Dialogue and Core Financial for the 2020 Financial Freedom to Wealth Building Unconference, a unique interactive unconference where you select the classes that matter to you, all at an affordable price. 
Bring the entire family as you receive instruction from certified financial professionals in budgeting, credit repair, home buying, and understanding and buying stocks. In addition, your teenagers can take the youth entrepreneurship class taught by an 18-year-old business owner. Secure your entire family's financial freedom and success as you choose two of the classes and participate in the interactive Financial Olympics where your entire family will learn about the wealth-building tools of personal finance, investment clubs, and vertical integration in business. The 2020 Financial Freedom to Wealth Building Unconference takes place February the 22nd, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at MOTEP Academy 667 Fairborn Road, Northwest Atlanta, Georgia. Child care provided during the event for ages 5 through 11. Get your tickets now at claimyourfreedom2020.eventbrite.com. Again, that's claimyourfreedom2020.eventbrite.com. We are proud to be putting on our first financial unconference. Highly encouraging. It's a half-a-day conference for only $40. You just missed the $10 off early bird special as of last night, but you can't beat $40 advance tickets, $50 to get a sense, change your individual plight with financial literacy. I always say we can't really improve the collective until we got more individuals who understand this thing we call money. For all the listeners out there that are on the line right now, you do need to press 1 to let us know that you want to speak on this morning's discussion. You will need to press 1 on your dial if you're online, the number is 646 Seven eight seven one six nine one six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. What does excellence in black business look like? Here's an aspect that I wanted to hear from each of you because um, Dwayne said it best when he said, "Hey, he, he's traveling, traveling around. He's not seeing a lot of us in these different industries." And so, I, I, I there's a conversation that I do think again, has to be a part of this morning's discussion. There's a conversation that I think doesn't get had enough in reference to, in a sense, quote-unquote, black business within our community. And there's a, and it's the relationship between our black-owned business owners and even, in a sense, customers, whether that be us or other people, but particularly in our community, I think there's a lack of understanding. So if you will, I, will, I, I assume that in a lot of areas that y'all have been in, that y'all are, in a sense, one of ones. I have a couple of other friends who are, who are in finance, and they are, to a certain extent, one of ones in their industry or, or, or very surprised when they see someone else kind of navigating a certain industry. And so I think it's imperative, when we, again, when we start talking about excellence, I think it's imperative to hear on the sense, some of your personal stories to what being a one-of-one is like, because I think without hearing some of that testimony, I think it will play a huge role in how we relate within the community to one another, if, if you will. I feel like a lot of our black-owned business owners sometimes get ostracized based on with with based on the way the collective thinks business happens and their lack of understanding of how business happens, I think sometimes our business owners get ostracized. Any thoughts from – I'll let any one of you jump in on that perspective, but I, I would like for it to be a part of this morning's discussion. Whoever wants to jump in, uh, please give us a, a, a personal example of, you know, what, what I'm talking about that you think a lot of the collective fails to understand, if you will. Nobody wants to jump in on that one? 
Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. Hey, I was just waiting. I, I'll jump right in because I'm in the landscape, outdoor living industry, and if there's one industry that you were the only black one in, this is it. No matter where you go or how you go, this is it. And then most of the time, I'm going to throw a twist into this, most of the time, that is the, oh, how can I explain this? How can I frame this in words? What happens is we, everything in life that we have is based on what we call standards. So every, everywhere we live, everywhere we eat, how we dress, what environments we live in, it's standards. It's what we tolerate as standards. As a matter of fact, we will die to maintain our standards. So if our standards is to drive around a hoopty car, we don't care if the car is a hoopty. Now, if the one tire is flat, then that just lowers your standards. You'll fix the flat tire, but you'll keep the rest of the car as a hoopty, if you guys understand that standard. One of the issues that we have, especially being the only black, I'm always the only black person everywhere I go. There was just a trade show here in Chicago, a landscape show, sure enough. Um, I'm the only black guy there. I did see two of the black guys. One of them was a truck driver who drove the materials in. Another guy was sort of the janitor cleaning stuff up, and that was it. So they're looking at me like, oh, wow, this guy's good. Here's the kicker that I'm about to hit you guys with. I'm looking at them like, okay, I got my thing going. But then where you get stuck at, you set that as your level of standard. So you never raise your business acumen and business standard of what you are in business, because as long as you're just doing a little better than, that becomes your standard, which actually is very dangerous, because you don't see yourself or anybody like you doing anything higher than what you are, so you made it to this point, and that becomes your standard. I hope that answers the question. Man, that was, that, that was powerful, um, and, and if, I can, if I can add something to, that, to that concept, <laughs> um. And I'm trying to think of a tactful way to say, to, to say what I what I what I want to say, but the, the whole. Hey, I'm gonna cut you off of, real quick. I'm gonna cut you off real quick. Don't say it tactfully. That's yeah. not how we operate. We have a rule: no <laughs> political correctness. Say it with passion. We'll deal with it however you say it. Don't try to figure out how to say it. Say it exactly like you feel it. That is normal on this show. So don't waste well, time missing. Don't care if you hurt feelings. And again, I'm not trying to encourage that. I'm just letting you know that's how we operate. So go ahead, Kim. Well, one of the recurring themes, I mean, there are nuggets that I've taken from, from, from all of you that, that I can apply to my companies. There are a couple recurring themes that I keep repeating to myself in terms of, you know, you said something early in the, in the show where you were like, well, we don't want to just talk about problems. We want to talk about solutions. And I've heard Dwayne say a couple times that well you have to want to <laughs> and and I mean and that sounds very simple but it's profound mm-hmm. and what and here's what I mean by that from a from an African American standpoint is that so we have to first of all address this code of blackness that we have that doesn't serve us outside of our in, in indigenous communities like like I understand I like, love it. you know. Like we have to address it because that is what is inhibiting us from going into anything that's non-traditional for us because it doesn't align. And th- and so what happens is the things that you may have to do to be successful in those spaces might be considered a cultural compromise, but it's really not. 
Absolutely. Because exactly. I, I've never walked into I've <laughs> never walked into any space and compromised who I am at the core, right? So you write down those five ten values that you that you will un, be unyielding about. And so when you walk into a like for example wearing a blue suit <laughs> that has less than five buttons does not compromise my blackness. <laughs> it it may be just what I need to do in order to be relatable in a certain space. I have Absolutely. to care more about taking care of my daughters and creating jobs in my community than I than I may care about expressing myself through fashion. That might not be the space. That might not be the space for some of my more colorful language. That so so I always come to the tip. So I'm going back to what Dwayne is saying about not seeing us in certain spaces. It's because we have, I believe, we have a code of blackness that is limiting in spaces outside of sports, entertainment, and beauty. So we're not drawn to those other industries because it feels like we can't be ourselves, but that's not true. That's the biggest lie that, that, that's ever been told. As a matter of fact, I would argue that in 2020, being yourself becomes an asset in those spaces now because Absolutely. you can't have a... You can't have a conversation in those spaces without diversity and inclusion coming up. That's a fact. He's killing it. He's killing it. That's man. a fact. Hey, let me say this real it's quick, Terry. I'm on the net. Yeah, um, I, we could get in. We're about I, to get uh, to a break, too. Okay. I'm going to say this. I'm, yeah, I got you, Tamika. Right. I got you. I was going to say this. Just a, it's just a quick reference. A, a meme that I remember putting up about a year ago that will relate to the very thing that you're pointing pointing out there, and it's not even the business-related meme, but it'll make more, so much sense based on what you're saying. But a meme I put up about a year ago on the Mr. Dollar IG page simply said, talking proper English is acting very, very black. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, and and, and, and and you know, we we don't have enough time to you know to, to know. get into the minutiae on this show, but it's but it's much needed. That's a show in and of itself because it it's so 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 let's think about how that's perpetuated. So the kid never takes to math and science because that's not culturally accepted in the classroom. So he doesn't go to a math and science academy in high school, he doesn't pursue a STEM career in college. She is more interested in, you know, maybe going into, I mean, we got a beauty salon and a barbershop on every corner. It's oversaturated. That can't be our, all of our God-given purpose. It just can't be. And it's a bad business model. And it's a bad business right. model. Horrible business, and, horrible and business model. <laughs> Hey, let's let the queen. You know, I'm going to uh, skip go ahead, this I, break. I, I, I'm going to let the queen jump in. And brother, brother yeah. Fiaki, I got you coming after Tamika speaks. Go ahead, Tamika, jump in, queen. You know what? Um, when you first posed the question, I was literally just going back through my mind of how many times I'm really the only one at the table, only one in my industry. No, realize, family, my my degree is in IT, computer science, and then I specialize in space and cyber operations. I probably was one of the uh, my company, if you will. Uh, was one of the leading figures in the stand-up of what we now know as U.S. Cyber Command, right? So when I say I'm the only sometimes woman in that room or at the table advising undersecretaries of defenses and talking about what needs to happen in order for certain mergers and divisions to be separated, I, I really would look around and say, wow, I'm the only one here. However, what I, my, the mind that I brought and the value that I brought to, to every situation 
it's always based on the knowledge and the experience I would put myself through and the education I would put myself through. So I was never surprised at being there, nor was I afraid of being there. We were always, always looked at as the expert in the room, right? And so what I would do outside of business when I, when I know that, oh, man, I'm, I'm seeing that there's a lack of women, there's a lack of African-American women in this space, I need to cultivate the next generation of these. I need to cultivate the next generation of these. So how do I turn around in my community and make math, science, technology, space, and operations sexy? How do I show these young athletes that there is more money behind the data and science of that athlete than there is being that athlete? How do I cultivate the next women's STEM generation? And so, you know, it, sometimes it's about seeing these environments and then going back. For me, I'm a, I'm a community woman. Uh, that everything that I do has to be reinvested into the young generation that I know is going to replace me. So it became about being able to see more of us at the table. And if I couldn't cultivate that in 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 my network, which I could cultivate my, that my network and I did, I also needed to cultivate that in our young generation, which is why I completely am passionate about focusing on the different careers the different models in STEM, science, engineering, technology, and math. It has to be. And so, you know, sponsoring 20, 30, uh, mentoring over 1,500 kids in our community so that they can be the next generation of these that sit at the table um, or build the table, it, it was, you know, I, I, just, I just thought about the question differently, that we, you know, if, if we see ourselves as the only one, we need to cultivate the environment where we're building more. I love the challenge. Um, what you're talking about right now, Terry, Brady, like I said, that code of blackness is very necessary. And I will do a separate show because you're right. It will take that. Um, but I, I, I will, while we got 30 minutes, we're going to talk about it because it plays a role in our level of excellence. It is the concept of allowing our, our, our people to go become experts in different industry without the ostracization. It is, it is a very evident factor and sometimes it changes somebody's desire to go in that or the worst case is we see someone go be brilliant and we still look at them in a negative way and we're we end up calling them names not realizing we're the very people that pushed them away because of how we treated them because they went into something different and 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 the worst part when we keep talking about STEM and the reason we're saying this is because I say this all the time and it's a reality and I've shown when I go to high schools I show these numbers to the kids but the reality is generally speaking obviously I'm generalizing right now but for the most part especially the the, the advanced advanced degree engineers for the most part most engineers end up with way more money than even the four thousand professional athletes we have in the country which is a very minute number, small number, everybody in the world is competing for 4,000 positions when, you know, there's going to be 80,000 engineers in one state that's going to end up with more money than those 4,000 in general in most cases. You know what I mean? And it's just about perspective. It's about perspective. Brother Piyaki wants to get back in. For all the other callers that are on the line, it looks like a lot of y'all are first-time callers. If you want to get in, you do have to press 1 to get in on this morning's discussion. Some people listen via the phone. I don't want to bring you on the air if you don't want to be on the air, but you have to press one. I'm going to up. One of them is pushing one, so I'm going to go to this call and then get back to Brother Piyaki. Area code 770, last three, six, five, eight. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Good 
Hello, you're live on the talk show. Yes, you're live, Larry King. You're live, you're live. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, yeah, this is Ray. How you doing? How you doing? Okay, uh, yeah, this is a great discussion. One of the things that uh, was so powerful, uh, me being in corporate America, now having an incubation program, and even even we have to be able to transition and scale up our businesses. A lot of times, um, we're not. We're always talking about the, the the trillion of trillion dollars of spending, but never the eight trillion of net worth that our businesses are not tapping into. If we can teach our our, our businesses the foundation of of structure, strategy, system, and sales, and be able to scale up, we can create six million black jobs and also 1.9 million businesses. So being black really is to be able to transition and get the wealth from other ethnicities that they're taking from us. Right. Love the perspective. And and I would continue to advocate while the opportunity is available. It's a matter of going after those positions. And I go as far as I think long-term, I would love to see our community encourage a cadre of youth to to get to become the new builders, the new engineers, the new skills, the new technical workers. Like if we, we were to do that for a general for a decade or so, in twenty thirty years, there then we would have enough people to kind of go and 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 really navigate the wealth gap. But we would have to get a lot of people in these different areas, in my opinion. That should be the focus to a certain extent. Um, but I love your thoughts. Thanks a lot, Ray, for your thoughts, King. I got Brother Piff wanting to get in again as well, so I'm going to go ahead and jump to him real quick, and I'll let y'all respond to both of them. All right, Brother Piff, can you give us your three cents again, King? Thanks for getting back in. I was going to tell a young man, I'm here in Baton Rouge also. Uh, my grandson go to your flagship goes to your flagship school, and his major is uh, gas and petroleum. Wow. Also business <laughs> with an energy minor, and he, he interned no with Exxon. <clears throat> but here's the thing. You just said it. You got a portion of black society that's 30 or 40 years behind what that excellence would look like. And I don't want to get into why, but we've talked about it before. But you have to start producing these people in these fields where they are not present today. And this stuff about letting your child choose, well, you don't do that in basketball and football. It was a tragic that Kobe Bryant lost his life. Not the fact that who he is and that he's a father, but the fact that black people had a lot invested in him. And you say, Piaki, what are you talking about? When you got black kids that's out there playing basketball, practicing, and foregoing their academics because you had to provide competition for him to compete against in order for him to perfect his fields to become what he was, what LeBron James is. How many tens of thousands of kids did not reach that pinnacle? but they were sacrificed at the expense of not looking at something else or looking at multiple things at one time. That's how you had an investment in it. And we do that all the time. Like the gentleman said, and I've said this too, we had to get more people involved in these act, in these courses 
that's high demand. Because children today, being under the pressure that they are, they're going to take the easy route. That's why you have, and, 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 I'm, and, and, and Montoya, you know, I'm not blaming the kid, the child. But we have too many in low paying majors. You never will close that wealth gap like that. Right. You're just not going to happen. You got to tell yeah, your child. I told my grandson, I said, you're going to be an engineer. I told him, you're going to play baseball. He's the only black player on LSU baseball team. Not that this or that, but because you don't find many black children going out playing baseball. You got kids out there that's four foot six wanting to be a center on a basketball team because of what he sees. So the that's you know those are, I mean that's the reality. If you if you set you want to have a picture of what excellence look like, okay, then you have to have a discussion on what it takes to reach that excellence. What you right. have to sacrifice. The one brother made mention about the cars in the driveway, the vacation, the thirty two hundred square foot house. Let me tell you something. If you're talking about storing a business at the type that we normally see, and you depend on that business as an income generator, you right there have put yourself at a loss. Because successful businesses, the owners don't look at that business for an income generator. Therefore, they don't have that expense liability to deal with. Their prices can be lower than those who do look at it for an ex- as right. an income generator. I mean, it's just natural. The numbers tell you that. Anyway, that's it. Hey, always amazing. Oh, one thing. Thank you, Ray. One thing. Okay, go ahead. One thing. Go ahead. The International Poultry and Food Processing Expo was held in Atlanta just this past week. Uh, if, If you're talking about getting into a particular business or processing food or poultry or something, that was the place to be. And it's a lot of expos along those lines on different products and in different industry. But you got to be there because when you're there and you see these things, that's kind of exposure, exposing things to your young people. When they see their things, then the innovative portion of their brain kicks in. Traveling to other countries and getting out and seeing things where you see the possibilities based on what your ability to do back in the United States you see that as a market that you should be tapping in. A whole lot of things goes into performing that excellence in black business. Absolutely. Love it, uh, Brother Ray. Love it, Brother Piaki. The other callers out there, you do have to press one if you're trying to get in on this morning's discussion. One thing that keeps popping in my mind is I hear um, kind of a consistent theme, and it's, it's a thought. And, Terry, you mentioned it very early in the show um, to a certain extent, what we're collectively typically are doing, and it's a concept of this idea of passion. It obviously gets perpetrated, um, um, perpetuated. I'm sorry, perpetuated on the internet, easily to do marketing. You know, again, it, it, it's it's natural to fall into that. But the idea of if you think of if you think of your your people as your family, or if you just even think of your own family. And I've heard this saying probably a few months ago that just simply said, if everybody in a family follows their passion, there'll be no one to build the bridge bridges. And I saying that because when I hear Brother Piaki say he directed his grandchildren, there are some people who will listen to that and say, well, you know, you got to let your children go into their passion 
And I know for a fact, having went to the Air Force Academy, a pretty strong engineering school, I'm not an engineer myself, but what I will say, I know for a fact that our Indians, those from India that were, in a sense, either they may may have been born here or literally from India, but I learned in meeting that culture that for them, STEM is their NFL in their country due to the high-level um poverty that they exist in their country. So quite often a family will get behind their brightest child and hope that they can get to America and become a doctor or an engineer. And I literally have Uber drives in the past. I don't do it anymore. I just get, I love learning about different cultures where they're living in this huge house in Atlanta and there are four families in that house. And it was all driven by the focus of that one child would succeed in one of these needed fields in America and make a lot of money to pull their entire family out of poverty. That is a, a is exactly what Brother Piotrowski said when he says when we talk about excellence, we also have to talk about what it takes. I feel like that example is what it takes, and those are the conversations we're trying to have in this moment. Uh, you know what I mean? And we're we're going to do our last break, and we're going to come out of that break, and we'll take any more callers if you want to get in, but we'll let all of you give, in a sense, closing thoughts on this morning's discussion question. What does excellence looks, look What does excellence in black business look like? We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. All I ask is that you think. Square Business Entertainment brings you their latest hit, I Really Want You, by Taylor Pace. Take a listen. Entertainment. They are also rewarding their fans with a new release every 30 days. Here's another one by Taylor Pace. Love can't define this. Love can define this. Can capture all your sweetness and your kindness. Love can define this. We're crippled and love would only blind us. Where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes. And I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit. And what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. Like money, smell like money, talk like 
My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. If you have a product or service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact me directly, 404-604-9477, or inbox me on Facebook at Mental Dialogue or IG, Mental underscore Dialogue. If you are an individual and don't have a product or service, you still can support us by going to MentalDialogue.com. Make sure you are keeping the return of Intelligent Radio on the air. We have different membership levels where you get perks, so go read what those are. But, again, leap simple as $5 a month. You can ensure that this type of radio stays available to our community. Um, I hope what we're bringing is something that you all feel is needed. And if you do, please support that with your pockets. And with that said, please make sure you're sharing these shows every week. The podcast is immediately after the live show goes off the air. For the other callers out there, I hope you're listening. If you want to get in, I see a couple of you have been out there for a while. Not sure if you're trying to get in, but if you are, you do need to press 1. This morning's discussion question, what does excellence in black business look like? My special guest co-host, Tamika Peoples, as well as special guest Terry Simmons and Dwayne Drawn. Um, amazing conversation going on thus far. Again, I want to make sure we are literally closing this thing out right again. Keep in mind, this podcast can be shared. So we don't have 200,000 listening right now, Dwayne, but we can push it out to 200,000 and hope they listen, if you will. So a matter of fact, with that said, King, I'll let you kind of jump back in because, again, this conversation can go a lot of places. It was it was open with a broad, you know, open-ended question, if you will, but let's take it wherever you want to go or however you want to, in a sense, give your closing thoughts on what does that level of excellence looks like in, in business. Go ahead, Kate. You know, Montoya, like, a, like a, I guess we all have our PowerPoints we're going to speak on. Like Terry, I love his points. I mean, I understand even my business, but Terry's going to make me look at the infrastructure of my business and say, can I make it better? What do I need to do? Like, I have certain matrix that I'm working on right now. We're, we're hitting one. I mean, we're probably hitting the biggest growth cycle we've ever seen as a business. And so we're right. looking at who do we bring in, how do we bring in, when do we bring in. And Terry is really sort of making me re-look at this whole structure and make sure the dynamics of this thing is correctly. I am going to keep keying and driving in on two points. Proximity. Proximity is key. If we want better, we have to figure out our – got to make sure our proximity, our surrounding people around us. Like you said, imagine what it would look like to have um, 10,000 black people – become uh, IT techs like the Indians. So, so the world is seeking our people for IT like they seek the Indians. Like, I mean, imagine that. Right. Uh, another thing is right. going to sound like I'm bouncing over, but all this whole thing is all going to make sense. It's going to sound like I'm bouncing a little bit. I'm not a believer of forcing your child into one thing, okay? It's at least my side. There's only – this is something that's very powerful. Only 2% of the world follow their dreams, okay? So – if 3% follows their dreams, we're going to be okay. So I'll tell you now, my kids, I'm not sticking them to no set industry or no set field. If my son mm-hmm. wants to be the greatest skateboarder, he's going to be the greatest skateboarder. All that I ask is he mumbas that shit. 
He gets out there and skates every day, every <laughs> night. I mean, he did it like I operate I my business. And I see him. I see him. There's, there's a tiger in, in my, my youngest son. He has a tiger in his eye. And if he sets his goals on something, he's going to push the world over to get there because he sees it in his dad. And so if, if my household is the ones that follow their dreams and follow their lead, let the other 98% work for my household. And, and I don't mean I to be it. arrogant, but that's sort of how I look. No, I'm I love it. Forcing my child to be an engineer. And I'm, I'm not creating a whole country of just engineers. I live in an Indian neighborhood, and I tell you now, they're not happy. They're doing a job because their mom and said they had to do a job to, to do something. For them. So even if you are elevating your community, you still have to be happy. All you did was create some money, and now people are still even more upset than what they were. So, no, you have to follow your dreams, and let, but they have to create a dream. They have to create possibilities. We have to clear the negative of their past so they can create the possibilities and see what's going on. Yeah, so, so you guys have to go King. far okay. with that. No, I love it. I love it. Well, you know, you know me. I'll be trying to bring you back on <laughs> to, to take it as far as you want to go, Terry. Uh, any thoughts? And um, you know, I would encourage you. You know, if you know, we just have on the show all the time. If I would encourage y'all even talking to each other, Dwayne, again, just to check to see if there is any type of synergy. Uh, I, I love making real live connections on the air, so I'm just throwing it out there. I would love for y'all to at least have a conversation with each other via the phone at least once. Just putting it out there. But go ahead, Terry. Um, any thoughts on, in a sense, to close us out from your perspective, King? Yeah, um, echo echo Dwayne's sentiments. Um, I, I think the, the the caller, if I could, I don't want to speak on his behalf, but I think the the point that the the, the listener should walk away with is that yes, interest and aptitude are important in terms of pursuing a career or a business. The issue in our communities is that we don't have diverse experiences to even make that determination. Right. And so it, yeah, it goes back exactly. to the proximity conversation, right? So, you know, if you, if you read and you watch different television programming and you have mentors from different industries and you still want to become a professional skateboarder, handle your business. The, the, yeah, the right. tragedy in our community is that we're limited. So we don't even know what the other possibilities are, and we don't know people that we can identify with that are succeeding in those spaces. But 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 going back to the you know the overarching question, which was you know what does excellence in black business look like? I think it's about okay. Well, moving forward, it's about a paradigm shift, and the paradigm shift that needs to happen. I, 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 don't quote me on this stat, but I believe we got 2.6 million African American-owned businesses in this company in this country. Excuse me, that collectively employ one million people. So. That's not a talent or interest or aptitude issue as much as it is just our lack of understanding or maybe even in some cases our lack of interest in building real companies that have real capacity and real infrastructure. And I think it's a cultural issue, and I think we, we, we have a very short-sighted uh, and in some cases very selfish perspective on what our life's work should look like. So we have these little pockets of excellence where – you know, the attorney or the doctor or, you know, the graphic designer or whatever, they've achieved success and financial stability maybe for their families, but they don't have the capacity to bring anyone else up. They don't have the capacity to subcontract work out, to hire people, you know, to uh, donate to the local school so that they have a coding program or, 
you know, a, a STEM program. And so the, the excellence is out there. It's just not going viral. Mm-hmm. And it's not going viral because we're not starting with that end game in mind. And so if I, you right. know, entrepreneurs out there listening, I would say, man, stop being selfish. You know, like if, if, if you can, if you could get the bins, that's cool. Right. But if you can invest in, you know, cloud-based storage or a customer relationship management system or a voice over IP phone system, that's going to help your business run more efficiently or bringing in someone that is, a systems architect or system engineer that can help you to document your processes so that you can scale your business. You know, if you're manufacturing something out of a small space, you know, getting to the volume where you can, you know, contract with a co-packer, we just got to start thinking that way. We don't have an intellectual, we're not restricted in terms of our intellect or creativity. Yeah, intellectual ability, not at all. Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, yeah. Not, you know, like I really, what, you made, what you made me think of. Yeah, what you made me think of. I'm gonna let Tamika close us out as well. But what you made me think of is just it just popped in my head. Uh, but brother Rick Mathis, who's curator of the Black Friday series, he always talks about when you talk about like I said, the intellectual aptitude or capacity. The idea that we invented the concept of how to scratch. Uh, a record, right, in hip-hop. Like, we invented that concept. That came strictly from our culture, but uh, other companies benefited on creating the mixers that people then scratched on. We created the idea mm-hmm. but did not benefit from. So, so obviously, yeah, we're absolutely not lacking in creativity. The world seeks us, and we set the standard in some industries based on our level of creativity. Now it is time to, as you say, think with the end game in mind and also deliver these things that we create. I know that's a perfect segue for to be good. Who, who let me share this with oh, both man. of you, just in case y'all haven't heard her on the show before and we didn't bring this out. But this <laughs> queen, you, you heard her background, but she is set to be the first black-owned um, apparel manufacturer in the country since 1908. This queen, we did. So I, I will send y'all that show. you got to listen to the show speaking specifically to what she's researched and what she's doing. But go ahead, Queen. Give wow. us your thoughts on what yeah, does no, excellence know. in black business look like. <laughs> no, I, I, I have to thank the brothers. You guys really are giving the most excellent points for us to be successful and, and in my opinion, to build legacy. You know, I just, I just talk on a few key points. You know, know your industry, read and learn and immerse yourself in that. That law of proximity is key. Surround yourself with those who are leaders in that space. And be willing to sacrifice the slash for the legacy. You know, I, I think that was another reoccurring theme of the show today is just we have to get out of chasing these tenements of what is, you know, uh, de- definitions of success. You know, success is really building up communities, building up people, controlling our own, you know, actually having um, uh, uh, industry. You know, that to me, that's success. Um, another thing is creating the right systems and structure and the infrastructure to build that capacity. And sometimes it's going to take a strategic partnership. You heard just, you know, here on the show, connecting what these brothers is, to, to understand, hey, maybe I need to tweak something here or tweak something there to grow what I'm doing in my company. You know, the knowledge is, is the communal knowledge, being able to understand that it's not you, you have to go outside yourself sometimes to bring in the right partners, to bring in the right infrastructure, to bring in the right tools and resources so you can grow your company, so you can scale and actually be a leader in the industry, uh, cultivating and building up future leaders in STEM. 
uh, I, I cannot say that enough. When I heard the brother speak and say end in mind, the end in mind is our future leaders. What are we doing to cultivate them into the environment, into the next global industries that will lead this world, that will lead this world? Uh, and so those are my thoughts on what does black excellence look like in business. Three heavy hitters. I just heard them. I'm here live on the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Please share this show. This is the conversations. These are the conversations we need to be having. Um, I will even challenge when you say that, as you said, the, the substance before the flash. I'll even throw out something I always say. If your children know who they are and see heroes who look like themselves, when they value their self-worth, they will never, no longer have to chase trinkets on the outside of their bodies for their work. So you show them who they are, and then you can send them down the roads of a Terry Simmons, of a Dwayne Drums, of a Tamika Peoples. These are people I admire. I hope you all have appreciated them as much as I have. Thank all three of you. We are at the end of the show. We will get you all back on in the future because we need your expertise. Thank all of you. All I ask is that you think. At the end of the show, I'm going to play one more cut from Kobe Bryant just to, again, to pay honor to that brother who exhibits excellence in everything that he did, and we appreciate him. So I want to play one more cut and leave y'all with his words for the end of the show. All I ask is that you think. Level of attention to detail you need to have in everything you do. So it's it's setting the example. Same thing with my wife. My wife's a stay-at-home wife. It's the hardest job, man. So she works really hard at that. I mean, it's, you know, and so her attention to detail with that as well are examples for our children. And then for my wife, it's, you know, she's as competitive as I am. She's just like, listen, man, if you're going to be out here training eight hours a day, if you're going to spend nine months out of the year away from your family, you better fucking win the championship. But it's a balancing act. And that's the thing that's important is understanding that we have to have so much energy. Because for like Natalia and Gianna when they were babies, especially Natalia because they're doing prime years, um, and I go to practice and I I train and you know I play the game and you know, I come home and I'd be sore and I'd be tired, and she wants to go swimming, she wants me to take her to the park, she wants to just jump on my back or whatever the case may be. You can't say I'm too tired, I'm going to lay down. Mm. That's not fair. She don't know what the hell's going on, right? And if this was a game. You'd suck it up and play. I play games with the flu. I play games with 102 degree fever, man. Powerful. You can't do that. That is can't. so powerful. Right. You gotta be on, man. No is there, sleep. Is there a story where it's like you know no one knows about where you went and played a game and it was so insane for whatever reasons? No sleep. I, <laughs> you played play a game, game with zero no sleep. sleep. Zero sleep. Zero sleep. It's like you know, um, kids. You know, Natalia had a certain you know health situation or what have you and you stand up all night and then uh, you got to go out and perform because fans don't know, you know teammates don't know nor do they care nor should they that you've been up all night you got to perform right and so um, you just got you just got to go to work man you, know, you got a lot of people paying their hard-earned money to come watch you perform 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 it's your job to be in shape it's your job to be strong enough to perform at that level every single night and as a competitor I'm not I'm not ducking shit like it's not oh my god my back hurts I'm sore we gotta play Vince Carter and Toronto Raptors tonight we actually had this happen we had a game against Toronto in 2000 
um, and Vince was tearing the league up. Um, my back was jacked, jacked. But like the perception of that, like what? Kobe's missing a game against Toronto and Vince Carter because man, my back was really spasming. But people would be like, what? Oh, he's ducking Vince. Excuse me? No, I don't think so. So I would be in the layup line like, okay, there's a lot of days where, you know, you can rest and recover. Today ain't one of them. Your back can bother you any other day. That shit ain't bothering me today. He's going to have to see me today. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs)